Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of June 5th, 2019. I'm Jen. I'm David. And this this uh, this week's episode is brought to you by allergies, so I apologize for any <laughs> various... I'm, I'm sure David is going to do his best to uh, edit out as many coughs and sniffles as he can, yes. but... Yeah, we're we're having a as usual. You probably won't hear any sniffles, but stuff's there. Throats are unhappy. Ears are clogged. It's not great. It's not great. No. So, uh, yeah, we've got a variety of news this week. We've got some toy stuff, well, some comic stuff, some creators doing non Transformers things, uh, and then we've got some comics yes. to talk about. Uh, so yes, because we missed a week because uh, stuff got busy, <laughs> allergies, general burnout, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, do. if if you follow my Twitter, you you may see that my burnout may be improving, and that's all I'll say. And mm. if if you're not following my Twitter, it's record Jen. Uh, <laughs> so yes, uh, I I should be having more time for. This whole Iacon Underground project. <clears throat> uh, but as far as toy news goes, uh, I, th- I think we did actually touch on the Siege Firestorm pack, uh, previously. Yeah, uh, I, I think it, but we the G2 sideswipe did come up, but yeah. Yeah, so. It looks neat. I didn't get that mold already, so I'll probably pick that one up. Yeah, I hadn't gotten that mold yet because, because I was waiting for this one. So, because <laughs> he's the only version of Sideswipe that matters. Uh, yeah. There is also uh, Red Wing, who is everybody's favorite, possibly miscolored background character. <laughs> uh, well, so is this- no, he's at his second or third favorite. Acid Storm is everyone's favorite. Yeah. Of course, that's... Acid Storm has also been in an actual cartoon now. Yes. With lines. Yes. Acid Storm has gotten to <laughs> to be gender fluid through either <laughs> editorial confusion or some other reason but a plus on that uh but uh yeah that's it's a thing is that the is that the thundercracker face or is that the starscream face because honestly it, it's the thundercracker face but it has the smirk so it should be the starscream face i don't i don't know i haven't seen any of them yet Mm. I'll probably have to order online at some point soon to get my Starscream because I want these Seekers, even though they're covered with Greeblies. They're Tetra Jets, and even though their canopy and and turbine boobs are on the back, the aft end of the jet, it still looks pretty good. I'm pretty sure I've seen that sex toy before. I'm pretty sure I've seen that sex toy uh, online. (laughs) But yeah, I, I... on a previous episode, I think I managed to talk myself into Thundercracker. Uh, I'm sure maybe Trent Troop can get us a little coffee mug and a little dog for him. Uh, but um, I know he, he's already at least made one doggy, although that was a, I think that was a Green Lantern Corgi or something, or Blue uh, Lantern or one of them things. Well, there you go. So he has dogs to work from. But yes, this will be another online exclusive, so you won't be finding this one at Walmart. Uh I did uh, actually see the Siege Ultra Magnus in stores, personally, oh. recently, uh, as well as uh, I, I once again cited the 
Galaxy Force-inspired Prime. Uh, and I mm. personally have gotten a hold of my little Rescue Boys, so I'm very happy. I have Rescue Boys <laughs> now. <laughs> Even though, and, and again, if you look at my, my Twitter, uh, I made a comment in our Discord chat about how I was pretty sure Red Heat was a made-up 80s movie, and uh, Rob <laughs> pointed out that it was actually a real 80s movie, and it was in fact exactly what I would have said the made-up 80s movie was. Yeah, well, the, the problem was, was like, Red Heat came out, and there was also a movie called Heat, and there was also Dead Heat. D- mm. There was... Heat was the title of a bunch of really similar action movies for the span of, like, three years. Well, and also there was the whole Red thing. There was Red Dawn and, you know, oh, yeah. Hunt for Red October, which sure. is more 90s, I think. It's like Red Scorpion? Yes. Maybe? Yeah, Red October was later. Yes. Uh, also, uh, there was that uh, he he <laughs> informed us that nothing's gonna stand in our way was a cover. Uh, which, which, I'm, is mind blowing. I mean, it, I knew some of the songs had been like, were pre-existing. Like, well, of course, the, the Weird Al song and, and Energy's song, I think they re-recorded for it. Mm-hmm. But the, this song existed previously for, for a movie with, um, the Exorcist woman or girl. It was weird. Yes, Linda Blair. Yeah. Well, she was definitely a woman at that point. <laughs> well, according to the cover art we saw, yes. But I, I think that was uh, airbrushing paint yes. job. It's, it's just that the, the, the song we got in Transformers is a cover. It's like, life has been a lie. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. Uh, like, like I said, I... The look on my face was basically why reaction videos are a thing. So <laughs> uh, I, I definitely suggest looking that up. Uh, as far as actual new news, uh, back to that one more uh, toy-related item. Uh, Cyberverse Cheetor, he just comes with a ship. Just like a big old battleship. Yeah. Oh, do- why? Does he come with the ship? I thought somebody else was coming with the ship. I had completely forgotten that there was the preview animation of the next season where Cheetor is going to be in. Mm-hmm. And in, the, in all the toys we'd seen previously, Cheetor wasn't there. But the Cheetor is getting a toy and he can combine with a battleship. It's like he, he's a anime battleship girl. Now it, it's. But cats hate water. I'm going to water. buy a bunch of these toys because they're ridiculous. David, cats hate water. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess he prob- it probably is the thing that comes with him, because the head that comes out, it does look like Cheetor's head, but different than the Cheetor head that he has without the boat. Yeah, and there's the whole- Not all cats hate water. I don't, I don't know if cheetahs hate water. Like, leopards don't have much of a problem with it, but- Well, maybe he does not mind water. Also, this is like, I realize they're, they're they've thrown, like- scale between the toys has always been like a a point of contention slash humor but he he's cheetor and he's a cheetah and he wears a battleship for armor but i suppose that still doesn't match the one the picture we got from toy fair of optimus prime towing the goddamn ark on the back yeah that Well, the Ark, you could always pretend, oh, it, it's a little itty-bitty scout ship, but it's designed to look like the Ark, so that 
has it's massive got, confusion in her head. It's got windows. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. This little battleship is weird. Adorable. Oh, yes. Weird. This is their, their, uh, the whole spark armor thing has apparently decided to just take the whole scale thing and just, I don't know, either use it for maximum humor or ignore it entirely or ignore it to the point where it's maximum humor. Uh, so yeah, there's pictures of Cheetor. He looks like a Cyberverse Cheetor. He's, you know, a fairly simplified Transformers toy who is Cheetor. <laughs> the end. Yep. That's about all there is to it. But also he comes with a battleship that he can wear. Uh, so, uh, we have a release date. I don't know if we had a release date specifically previously. I know we had a release month of June for the Transformers Ghostbusters crossover, but it is definitely going to be in stores on June 26th. Uh, I'm sure we will probably end up talking about it in a couple weeks. So that's, that is something to look forward to. The, yeah, you had a comment about the teaser art. Yeah, well, um, it wasn't a, a big comment. It's just like some of the, the lighting shading was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it was very uniform shading, like, like the chrome reflection on the, uh, Ectotron was just mm-hmm. lacking in heavy shadows. It was really uniform. Not that it was bad. It was still more interesting than a lot of the art in the current ongoing Transformers comic. Uh-huh. But also, uh, additionally, I would like to point out that his head is extremely small. Yeah, well, it, it, it's also it's very toyetic, but not quite as toyetic as the current comic. <laughs> At least I think, because I don't actually have that toy, I assume the front halves of Ecto-1 are his shoulders, I guess. It seems to be the case, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Transformers creators moving on to other projects. Uh, they, we have actually yes. just gotten an announcement that Margaret Scott is going to be writing for the Magic the Gathering show, uh, that was just announced for Netflix. Uh, so wait, that is wait, fairly what? exciting. We're getting, yeah. Yes. That's exciting, but we're getting a Magic the Gathering. Is it going to be animated, I guess? Uh, it says anime series. Uh, okay. It also says that the Russo brothers are involved. Uh, what? Well, oh yeah, they're, they're the um um guys from the Avengers movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. a... So I don't I... know if it's going to be you know maybe from uh, the same sort of along the lines of the Castlevania show which they did, which was very anime while I believe being American produced. Yeah, it also, was written by was it was it written by Warren Ellis or it was yes. written by some uh, big name comic book guy. Also, from, excellent like, use of I, Peter Stormare as yeah, as I have oh, mentioned. I, I still need to watch the second season. It, it, it's good, but well, the problem is like, what the fuck even is the story of Magic: The Gathering? It has a story. It uh, it seems like a really weird choice to make a show out of because it's like making a show out of the Yu Gi Oh cards. To me, it's like. Half of them have nothing to do with each other. They're just random places and things and some characters, but not many. Because I don't know shit about magic. Are are you familiar with the the phenomenon that is the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime? (laughs) 
Yes, but that's about characters playing the game, okay. not about the game itself as that's the world. Fair. That's fair. It, which, uh, like, it just seems like, out of all the, the things, like, ma- I mean, I guess Magic the Gathering is the most popular, popular, um, Wizards of the Coast thing. As opposed to, like, making a new D&D cartoon, which I would freaking love, which that would be only amazing. recently ended in a foreign car commercial. The fuck? <laughs> that was that was weird and awesome. I still need to watch that. It, it's but, only I mean, uh, three minutes long, there, but it looks great. There have been Magic the Gathering novels around, like, forever. I, yeah, I know there have been novels. There have probably been comic book series. But, the, like... It just seems, as an outsider who doesn't know that much about the game, other than trying to figure out how to play it once and not understanding it at all, mm-hmm. it it doesn't seem to have a core story that's visible, yeah. unless you're taking it from the books. I mean, it seems to primarily have come from that, like, dungeons and dragons and things. ephemera. It seems to primarily come from, like, the flavor text. I mean, I assume that it's more like... It comes from the company's story bible that is then used in the flavor text versus, you know, the flavor text defining the story. But I think that, I mean, I know that there are characters related to it because I've seen, you know, there've been, there's been merchandise of them. Uh, I, yeah, I played it for a little bit, but anytime anything requires like lots of blind packs for me, I, Kind of. Yeah, I don't do no, blind packs. It's, it's well. a money sink. It it, yeah. it can be entertaining, but it's a money sink. I played Yu-Gi-Oh for a while and stuff. But but I could see it being like one of those things, like Warhammer 40k is for me, where the lore is interesting enough, but the game itself is maybe not something I want to spend my hard-earned yeah, money on. But the lore is still pretty cool. Like what I do know, like they they have characters like icons or something they have notable characters they relate to cards and worlds and situations and it seems to me the closest thing i can relate it to is like making a series out of most fighting games like (laughs) each character has their own story but they they contradict each other because somebody has to win not everybody yeah well speaking of street fighter cartoon Speaking of fiction anyway. based on games. <laughs> yes. Uh, out of left field, uh, we have James Roberts, uh, kind of not what anyone I think was expecting announcement that he's working on a, uh, I think a, I think it's a limited series, but he's doing a comic for Starcadia Quest. I think it was three or four issues. I think it was supposed to be like really short. Which I wonder, I'm like scrolling through, so this is a board game, uh, that was done through Kickstarter. Uh, and I'm scrolling through and I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where it says whether, like, a comic book written by James Roberts was one of the stretch goals, because that- I can't imagine, because this is the first we've heard of it, unless it, it went over our heads. Well, cause like a, a while ago he said he was writing something. Presumably right. it's this. It just wasn't told that this was that it, it through idw so presumably the the game company contacted idw it was like oh can we make a comic we made a lot of money on our kickstarter can we have a comic do you have anybody who could write yeah. it james roberts doesn't have anything to write now 
This is definitely not the uh, the Legion of Superheroes five boot or six boot that I was hoping for. Uh, but well, I'll, no, not yet. I'll it's, probably still read it. It's a bridge between. Well, yeah, because yeah. it, it's like Starcadia Quest: six teenage runaways versus an increasingly ridiculous universe. Oh, it, it's just the Lost Light with children. Yeah, it, it does sound like it's. <laughs> More of the silly bits of Lost Light without, yeah. you know, the the body horror or existential angst. Presumably, hopefully. <laughs> I, I liked the body horror and existential angst. That's like my entire novel that I wrote. It's the oh, body yes. horror and existential angst. So, uh, so yeah, that's definitely worth picking up maybe if that's yeah. something that you think you if if you're jonesing for some james roberts hard enough to go for something totally left field uh yeah so that is the comic news we have right now uh the one last thing there are uh there were announcements for covers i guess because they do like a dozen covers for every issue uh, but there are covers for issue 12 of the current ongoing uh one by uh, Alex Milne and Kay Zama is gonna do one. So. Oh, oh, right. The confusion with that. I forgot about that. Though, yes, there was something in the solicitation that made it look like Kay Zama was doing yeah. the interior art, which is not the case. No, it, it was weird because like it had been solicited that like well, probably because like somebody filed out the forms like. Milne is doing a cover, Kay Zama is doing another cover, and they just didn't include the artist for the interiors. Mm-hmm. They listed Keizama as the interiors, and instead of IDW telling, oh, we made a mistake, that's not what happened, Keizama had to go on Twitter and say, no, I'm not doing the interiors. Well, I mean, that's the mistake weird. might have been made by Diamond. It it might have Maybe, just been a, like, a typo or something in, in Diamond's but previous that, layout. That should have been like... IDW, like, call Diamond, fix that. Instead, the artist himself had to f- tell people, no, that's not what's happening. It was kind of awkward, especially since, like, English is not her primary language, so she's got to, yeah. you know, also deal with this language difference, so it's not great. It's not great, but that is what the situation is. Uh, maybe they haven't, maybe they don't know who's doing the interiors yet, because oh, that's, that's where we're at possible. with this stuff. Could be TBD. Uh, editorial at IDW might be having issues. Yeah. So, speaking of, uh, so I guess first we can... You know, there's not even any point in covering six or covering five and six together because they're not part of the same story, really. No, they're uh, not. Like, cause five is a, is the basically the end of the first five issue arc. Right. Uh, spoilers. Uh, Rubble dies apparently. Which Seemingly is... now again going back to James Roberts. I feel like I've I've. I've been trained at this point, like, I don't assume a character is dead unless it's made extremely explicit that they are dead. Uh, but it does kind of seem like they killed him, which is really... Did I mention the thing before about complaining, people complaining about prologues? 
that are about yeah. a point of view character who then dies at the end of the prologue and then the book is about mm. someone entirely else. So you feel like Which... you've made this emotional investment in a character who then is not even around. But this is five issues, which is way worse than a prologue. Yeah, it like, I don't have the, the problem of that. Like, because it, it wasn't the only focus character. Well, it was kind of the main character, but not really. But I mean, it, that's that was what the title was referring to, was the world in your eyes. So it was about Cybertron from his perspective. Yeah, it, it's... Which is kind of a shame because this actually is like, oh, it should have started with this issue, kind of. Yeah. Because it, it's interesting. A prowl has a pet pterodon that's adorable. It's pretty cute. I don't know if I see prowl having a pet anything, but it's pretty cute. No, it's a very different prowl, but it, it was interesting anyway. We actually get to mm-hmm. see the alien sector of Cybertron. Which is pretty cool. Hey, that's something that maybe should have been introduced at the beginning instead of like mm-hmm. waiting till now mm-hmm. to see the freaking monkeys again <laughs> who are being killed by Quake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, time for being killed There's... by Quake. Time for Bumblebee going to join the Ascenticons, and that's like not even worth remembering, honestly, because that's not, not even really. that it was interesting. Nice to see Soundwave, but otherwise, it, it, the problem with this issue. It was issue five. It wasn't entirely bad. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's issue five instead of like issue two. Yeah, this would have been an acceptable way. Like the last five issues could have been condensed into two issues and this would be okay. Yeah. Uh, but like that would be better pacing because nothing really happens anyway. So that's issue five. Issue six. Oh, it's an entirely different story in the past. Uh, one of. One of our friends, and I I guess I could go look it up, but I'm lazy right now. Uh, yeah. It has been suggested that this would have made a good issue zero. Uh, issue yeah, six would have like, been a good issue zero. Nothing really happens that's that impressive. It, it's Optimus, or Orion Pax, and Megatron in the past, well, Optimus is talking to Someone who's embedded in the wall like the Three-Eyed Raven. Yes, Codexia, who is basically Cybertron's Three-Eyed Raven. And this is like setting detail, like, oh, they're when they started the moon, when, when these guys were young, it was an archivist and a miner talking. A buildup of their relationship and kind of the end of their relationship, because Megatron wanted to go skydiving off of these orbital elevator. <laughs> just wanted to do that once for fun you're you make it sound like he wanted to make that his new occupation <laughs> which no, i mean like, you go megatron but and there is one panel where we get actual evil megatron face mm-hmm. where P- prime accuses him of being mad it's like this is not what madness looks like and he has a mad face on in that panel <laughs> so yeah you're right i i don't like issue zeros as they are because but this kind of would fit in that mold it's like issue zero should be an issue that's not really important but it gives you a setting a feeling of the setting like it sets up things that's kind of what this is anytime anyone accuses me of being crazy i absolutely respond with the craziest face possible so (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i probably do that too but yeah and and Mm -hmm. the the art is impressive it yeah. Well, except for um, 
Sarah Petrie de Rocher did a few pages, but that's this what I was going to railroad by, us um, into. What was the name? Beth McGuire Smith. Yeah, it, it's. I don't think we've seen her before. At least I don't remember. It, it's real good. Mm-hmm. It's reminiscent of some previous artists yeah. whose names elude me right now. Uh, it's a little bit I, like Sarah's, but not. Yeah. Right. I heard a comparison to Sarah Stone, not in a trying to ape yeah. her style sense, but in that same sort of, it's simplified it's, to a good, like, smoothed out a bit, I would say, to a pleasing degree, and everyone is just very expressive. I mean, even yeah. Optimus Prime, you know, having a faceplate, sometimes people are bad at making him express himself. <laughs> I mean, not Alex Milne. Alex Milne made world expressive, but yeah. <laughs> this actually manages to make Prime express in profile. Yes. Which is a task. A lot of good eye work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is fair. Uh, the, the shading is a lot like Sarah Stone. Yeah. So it, it's it's not a bad issue. It's not a necessary issue, really, because it's Optimus and Megatron all over again. Yeah. But it was more interesting than the previous five issues. I feel like with this issue, we're at least approaching, like, something approaching the the quality of previous storytelling. Uh, but, yeah, once yeah. again, I, I do think it, it did remind me a little bit of some of uh, John Barber's more like character centered work, like individual character centered yeah. work. And, yeah. and he was good. Uh, you know, he was, I, I feel like James Roberts is sort of like the Grant Morrison of Transformers stories, where he's in sort of this like <laughs> league of his own crazy, ridiculous nonsense. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. Overthought out, well planned stuff. But this is more. Or he's just really good at faking, like stuff he accidentally wrote like 30 issues ago he brings back. Yes. But this is more at that level of, of being like a reasonable level of good, not like absolutely yeah, it, amazing, but I I thought this was good. I thought this was well done, but yeah, I agree that it doesn't necessarily need to be an entire issue of a 12 issue run. It it could have been a bonus issue. <laughs> yeah, it could have been an annual. Yeah. Yeah, would have made a good annual. Uh it's it's, it's so weird to be so disconnected from an ongoing Transformers comic. <laughs> Granted, I never actually read Dreamwave, so... Oh, man. It could have been worse. Let me tell you. <clears throat> I mean, I... No, did... don't tell me. I've, I've heard the bad things. I, I, I mean, I did have a point with the IDW stuff uh, somewhere around... Uh, I forget the name of it. The one where the Predacons are in China. Uh, it, it had some clever name what? that I remembered until apparently right now I'm blanking on it. But uh, until around around then, I ended up like I would get my Wednesday comics, I'd get a stack of comics, and then I'd go through and read them in order of how excited I was by them. And Transformers would end up on the bottom and sometimes not even international incident. That's what it was. <laughs> Oh. But it would sometimes end up, like, not even getting read, and then I would still be buying it out of inertia. Like, I, I'm i pretty sure I got rid of all of my non-Marvel Transformers comics when I moved, uh, but 
Uh, because, you know, I can get them in collections. I didn't need to, that was another, like, two long boxes, because I had, like, all the Dreamwave stuff, all the IDW stuff. But, like, I owned all of All Hail Megatron and have never read All Hail Megatron, and now I own it <laughs> as a PDF, and I still don't, <laughs> haven't read it. I, I like, guess I, I could I do that with that some one. of my newfound free time. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not fun being that disconnected. I just, I do feel like we, we were very spoiled by the last few years of IDW. Yes. And I feel like this is more like back to average. It's, it's back to adequate, but I did, I did actually genuinely think this issue was pretty decent. I think it was. Yeah. Like I said, it it was a higher level of adequate than it has been so far. Yeah, it was like a, a B minus, whereas compared to it's been like a D plus. Yes, yes, I I think that works very well. Uh, but I do really like this artist, and I hope we get to see more of her stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where we are with the comics. Uh, it would be kind of cool if maybe at this point, uh, the writer was sort of catching on to how comics work as a medium uh and if the rest of this 12 issue series was you know like it, it takes someone time to learn a new medium like this so maybe brian ruckley like is is getting it figured out and he's got his legs under him and maybe the last uh i guess five issues because it's seven through 12 are or six issues because it's seven through 12 maybe the last six, few issues yeah. are going to be great uh I, I, mm, I <laughs> you're like no no they won't no well maybe i don't think they can be they could be as good as this issue mm -hmm. but i can't imagine them like going up a lot more than that they they can achieve a higher level of adequacy yes uh, but but i will remain kind of salty that they made us almost that they made us follow the adventures of this child just to have him probably killed off so i'm i'm a little salty about that yeah so yeah that is comics for this week uh doesn't look like there will be another one for another week or two <clears throat> uh so that will maybe give us time for our voices to recover uh and hopefully no, nice. with with my less uh grueling schedule coming up uh i will be uh able to to get our schedules aligned better to record episodes on a more uh, consistently bi-weekly basis thumbs up mm. hopes and hopes and prayers uh so yeah uh until then i think we can call it an episode here uh so this this has been jen and David's dying voice.
Icon Underground Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash IaconUnderground.